Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. It ends here. It ends tonight. We've always done, and we'll never do again. Maybe, yep. probably, hopefully. No, I don't know. Honestly, the odds are I don't know. Um, I'm your co-host Tom Ryman. I'm the other one, David Bell. I never know if I'm supposed to laugh or not before I'm introduced. I'm Drew Grant. Hi. Laugh. Because like I you're mean, making if the jokes. spirit moves you by all <laughs> okay. means. Yeah. You don't have to force we, but it. But we don't have like a sign or anything. <laughs> Not yeah. so. I mean, we like, I, just, I felt like laughing. I felt like laughing, but then I didn't because I was like, I don't want anyone to know I'm here if it's supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> I, no, I sneak up on him. I do that as a podcast guest. I know what you're talking about, which is like before you're introduced, you're like, do I say anything? Oh, I do my best to I do my de- best to do whatever they don't want me to do. Oh, yeah. Welcome I, I, I hey. do my best to be a nightmare when I'm on other people's <laughs> shows. The thing is, I'll like think that I have done a really good job on a podcast. Usually one of your guys is because I'm not invited on so, so many podcasts. But I'll be like, I killed that. And I'll listen back. And I'm like, true, you freaking freak. I was like, oh, let I, other people yeah. talk. <laughs> I've done that where I'm like, I nailed that joke. And then I'll listen to it. And I'm like, I mumbled that joke. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's the worst when you're like in the car with someone like you're like, like, boyfriend or whatever yeah i guess in this case it's just my boyfriend and i'll be like wait for it wait it. i'm gonna it's coming up i'm gonna say something really funny and i'll just go by and he's like wait, this is like, the word. funniest thing in the world by the way <laughs> Make, making your partner listen to your podcast bit. i made yeah. my partner listen to two skinnering podcasts i was on including the one <laughs> did you watch did you watch him the whole time like yeah. stare at him yeah yeah okay well, it's funny because one of them was one that we had recorded together, but I just thought I'd made some good points, so I wasn't sure if he remembered them. <laughs> Listen back That's to really That's funny. like one of Dante's levels of Inferno. Yeah. Absolutely. At least on Absolutely. the 405. Like, that's a LA <laughs> level of hell. Yeah. Stuck in traffic listening to somebody a play their podcast Man, for you. a significant percentage of the people on the 405 are listening to their own podcasts. Oh, Yeah. It's the new one to hear my mixtape, right? Like it's oh, just yeah, the yeah, new 100%. Yeah, hell. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. a shot and Freud feeling though, because I don't like my voice. I don't try to like transcribe my own stuff. I don't try to listen to my own stuff. But like, I kind of need to have this like weird, desperate need to like validate that I'm as funny as I think I am, or like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we all do are. podcasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
This yeah, is what we're all here to do. Drew, I'm, I'm here to tell you that however funny you think you are, you're at least 10% funnier. I mean, yeah. I, I really enjoyed telling you a story over text uh, the other day, Tom, and feeling <laughs> oh like I was really, literally watching tears roll down your cheeks. I not text. have predicted where that was going. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to have to hear this story. Um, yeah. Law and order story. Yeah. Well, it's, it actually delves okay. into the SAG stuff, so whenever we talk about the strike, we can talk about... You'll whip it out. Yeah. Sure, whip yeah, out the law yeah. and order. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tease it. Good, yeah. good. Oh, uh, plugs, plugs. You should plug some stuff. Oh yeah, guys. If you're ever in the mood to make content on the internet, but think I'm getting screwed here, uh, go over to Passion Fruit. That's like passionfruit dot uh, fruit. It's f r u dot it. It's one of those things. Um, it is a new site that I'm working on. I'm a managing editor for, but it's also much more than that. It is a hub for creator labor issues. Um, it's got like a guidebook, I guess, is what we were just calling the Wall Street Journal uh, for creative labor. Um, so it's stuff about like how to find a tax person, like how to know if you're being dealt with DMCA takedown notice, like what to do. Um, we're going to have a Discord up and running pretty soon. We have some membership tiers and it's just like a, yeah, something I'm pretty passionate about, passion fruit about. Um, mm. So check that out. I write a newsletter every Thursday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, cool. that it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's that, um, yeah. I I just went through a summer news script about how the internet economy is so fucking fragile, mm-hmm. and it's this right is like everybody goes on the internet to be their own boss, and then you learn like you still have a boss. The boss is Jeff Bezos. Yeah, or exactly. It's, or it's YouTube, or it's Amazon, or, or or Google, where it's like you still have to like answer to these entities that are the gatekeepers. Like, it's not a free market, right? It's a market that is controlled by these rich people, well, and it's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous. Well, it's, and there's no unions. There's no <laughs> unions. There's, yeah. Well, that's what we're, we're trying to, like, build up a, a newsy sort of metaphor here of, like, there's no unions, but, like, there can be a coalition of people who just get together and say, we're not going to take this anymore and collect a hundred percent but everyone works yeah. in a vacuum in the internet too which is like the hardest part yeah. Like, to find that's out pr- yeah that's the thing is you don't work for anyone yeah. technically so it's hard to have a, a labor union mm-hmm. but there clearly something needs to happen I mean, so that's SAG. awesome sag is like a labor union that not one particular boss you know there are <clears throat> i think this summer was like a really good example of how there can be unions and i guess you would call them guilds technically but like collective right. bargaining uh stuff where people just go i'm not we're not going to work for this like conditions and yeah you know i think i don't want to go off on a tangent here but i don't think like youtube says that they're your boss they say they're like connecting you they're just a distribution outlet they're getting exactly. tools so that's why it's 61 billion dollar industry but it's like most 43 percent of people in this world making stuff make under a thousand dollars a year so like none of that money goes to creators it's, it's really ridiculous. sad yeah yeah what was it again? Say it one more oh, time. Oh, it's passion fruit, but like there's a dot between the uh, passion dot fruit. No, no, passion... no. It's passion. Oh my god. F R U dot I T. Okay. So passion fruit it. Yeah. You read it. It's passion fruit. Yeah. That's check us cool. out. I didn't make up the name, but I people seem to like it. We just had a book party for Taylor Renz, and people were like, "Oh my god, that's such a good name. I love passion fruit." And I was like, "I don't." People love fruit. Yeah, people love fruit. I love fruit. It's delicious. I went apple picking. I didn't know no. there were that many types of apples. There's so many types of apples. Yeah. Like Oreos. There's yeah, like see, a billion types. It, yeah. it works though, right? Because it's like the fruits of your passion. Thank exactly. you. Thank right? you, Tom. That's exactly how I've had to like contextualize it. I'm like, the fruit is yeah. the money that you deserve. <laughs> yeah. You can also be like, people like, it's re- memorable. Passion fruit. Like, I'll remember passion fruit. Mm-hmm. It's like juicy. So, 
Our website it's actually juicy. looks pretty, really juicy. They, they did a really good job with the redesigns. Now the site nice. looks all juicy. It's looks cool. wet. It's yeah. like a moist. Oh, cool. It looks like a 90s Gatorade ad or like a 90s ad juicy with, with a Sunny D commercial. Like that's what the oh, website nice. looks like. Yeah. Pretty good. Sweaty, a sweaty ad. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I like we, my drinks of... to sweat. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, we should thank some producers, right? Yeah, I guess so. All right. I'll, I'll get us started before we get into trailers. Uh, big old thank you to at Nerd Numbers. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you to Zero Charisma. Thank you. Thank you to Aaron Burst, sir. Thank you. Thank you to AJ. Thank you. Thank you to Andrew. Andrew McGuire. Andrew Howe's Nemesis Returns. Gonna wow. struggle with that sure. one. Sure. Thank you to Andrew. Your ad here, Howe. <laughs> so many fucking <laughs> Andrews. I know. Thank you to Asking Seven. Thank you. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you so much. Right, I'm going to swoop in here. No more Andrews. If your name is Andrew, you got to pick a different name. <laughs> uh, thank you to Bootler Bootlison. Thank, thank you. Thank you to Brian who Tom knows. Thank you. Thank you to Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Brita, wish you to drink water, hit the gym, and do the ska, because they loves y'all. Pick it up. Thank you to buy TikTok superstar Jason Parge's new book, Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia, out now wherever books are sold. Thank that you. That is not Jason. Uh, Thank you to nope. Chester's Prophet. Thank you. Thank you to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thank you. And thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you very much. All right. So as we said, this is the final strike cast um, for a few reasons. Yes, the strike is over. We'll get to that later. They still have to vote on it. Yeah, um, so it and could not I, be. Yeah, I know they they officially lifted the thing where they're like, you know, you can you can promote stuff now. Everybody's jumping on that. We'll jump on it next week. We'll do a catch up episode, um, and we'll we'll dig back and find some you know trailers and stuff. Can't wait to talk about Ghostbusters. Oh my but god. Now, <laughs> So excited to talk about Ghostbusters. Mm, Frozen Empire. Promise mm. we can't talk about Ghostbusters because I, I got lost. Can you imagine <laughs> New York cold? Can you imagine it? I mean, um, the ocean is so scared in that commercial. <laughs> it is. All right. It is. <laughs> but right now, we're talking about November like, of. What if we did that? What if we just started calling all the commercials again? Commercials, we should yeah, just fuck yeah, it. Fuck it. Movie Get commercials, right out of here. Commercials, yeah. we're talking about uh, commercials. Well, we're talking about November 1983. We are. These are, the top, these are the top 10 films in theaters in November 1983. Yeah, oh. and we're starting with reaching back in time 40 years ago. Yeah, Shut we're up. starting with a, <laughs> yep, a I know, I know, it hurts me, it hurts me. <laughs> I was not one yet, but like I, I didn't exist yet, but like it's too close for comfort. I was close to existing. Yeah, yeah it was getting. I existed. Yeah. Oh. Wait, November 1983. I'm, I existed. I, sure I just did. wasn't born, uh, if that makes oh, any sense. I, 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 I was 10 months old. Nice. Nice. Do you remember this movie, Tom? You remember the movies we talked about? I do. About? Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. Okay, I remember thinking I didn't it was know a little heavy handed. <laughs> so, this is called The Osterman Weekend. Um, it's directed by sam peckinpah which i did not fucking realize there is Uh, there is a rogues gallery of of unexpected directors on on this doc today also a lot of craig t nelson today he was he was a powerful Uh, figure he was a formidable figure in uh in cinema in 1983 he's in this john hurt's in this Mm -hmm. rudger howard's in this um it apparently takes place during the cold war um where i guess it's like a 
fucking weekend at the CIA guy's house to figure out who who's a spy or something? Which is a bad idea. It, Just by FYI, that's a terrible way to do it if you are a spy oh, to yeah. go to other like a big spy party. Like it's like weekend at Sheila's, but like are the last absolutely. of Sheila's. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is like looks like a real thriller with a name. I saw this title and I was like, what is this gonna be like a romantic comedy about a wedding or something? Nope. Like it did not sound like a thriller. The Osterman weekend does uh, not sound exciting. It doesn't sound exciting, but it does sound like a spy weekend where he gets all his spies to come over for burgers and cigars. Yeah. Why would you show? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think of like the thing. If you're in the CIA and you get invited to like an annual cookout with other CIA members, I feel like if you go, then you're too dumb to be in the CIA. Is, isn't that it? Like the, we yes. should know right. who's in if the CIA. You- if you go, they should assassinate you, right? Yeah. Like they should kill you for going to this. I feel like this. Oh, is... immediately. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, should we end the movie? This is you should long. show up there and like, well, you blew it. I mean, you blew it. Here's the thing. This is also based off a of Robert, Robert Ludlum I novel. saw so, that. Like, he's, he knows he wrote what he's born, doing. He knows uh, the born identity, right? He did. Yeah. And yeah. It is based on a real guy, as I've heard. Yeah. Is it? No, no, I know. I not at all. I, I've never seen anyone except the one that was like a metaphor for taking too many pills. Uh, the the one with um, Jeremy Renner. But I was just told the plot the other day of the Born Identity. It doesn't sound real. Wait, you never. Wait, you've never seen the Born Identity. I saw the Born Legacy. Is that the Legacy. one? Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, that was from when the era where we were like throwing in Jeremy Renner as like the replacement. Yeah. If that makes sense, where it was like, let's fall back on Jeremy Renner. And it didn't work. It didn't work out. He was a well, real substitute teacher or like right around 2010. He was. I remember just thinking the story was so weird. I was like, is this supposed to be like, is this talking to kids about like, don't get addicted to pills? Because that was like the whole plot of the movie. It was just like, he needs these pills or else he's not smart anymore. He gets dumb. I don't even remember that. That's wild. <laughs> oh, that sounds yeah. like limitless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a real, meta- it was like a don't take drugs kid unless you want to just stay smart, in which case keep taking them. Right, like uh, that seems like the opposite lesson. It seems like drugs mm-hmm. are awesome in this scenario. Yeah. Is and Jason that I Bourne not take more of them? Is he not smart because of drugs? Is that just something they added for that one? No, film? he's he's just smart because one, like I'm he's the sure. ultimate badass. Yeah, did I mention John Hurt's in this? Yeah, I did. He sure is. Uh, the post, so the poster's a lot cooler, by the way, than the title because it's a shot of a lady with a fucking cro- like a compound bow, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a cool weekend. Yeah. Whatever that is. Because this this trailer devolves into madness. Like, it's just, it, again, what happens when a bunch of, like, CIA spies get together, they start shooting crossbows at each other and going Why? Machine guns. Like, Dennis Hopper is yeah. there. That's never a good sign. Never <laughs> a good sign. I really want to see this stupid movie. Yeah, now. we kind of got to watch this. Jo- young John Hurt freaks me out a little bit. Oh, yeah. It well, is yeah. weird. Yeah, young John Hurt, I saw I was watching an alien the other day, and I was just like, man, why? Like, go back to putting that prosthetic from an elephant man on. Like, I need that in order for mm-hmm. me to understand, like, what you look like, because I can't have him uh, just look like a hot dude. It's like a little skinny boy. I'm, yeah, I'm no, just, you like, need to be like it. a, yeah, you got to be a wizard or something. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm comfortable. Something. A he wizard like or a spaceman, nothing else. Yeah. He's like somebody I would date at Oberlin, like, 100%. And I, that makes me uncomfortable about John Hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this yeah, no, this kind of gave me vibes of like the was it the last Sheila? I think that's the name of it. That the Sondheim, Anthony Perkins uh, movie that they did, where it's sort of like also what Glass Onion was based on. And it's just sort right. of like a bunch of like shitty people get together, and then like there's a mystery afoot, and they're just kind of all yeah. taking a, an adventure like weekend in Greece. So they're on a boat, and they kind of like just are shitty people. Uh, it looks kind of chill. I just. 
I saw a movie called Brooklyn 49 recently that we covered on More Hype, I believe, that's a similar idea as a bunch of ex-military get together yeah. in one house and things go weird. Get, things get real weird. I mean, again, though, I don't know how the CIA works. I'm not claiming I do. The most I know about the CIA is that like they got involved in the banana wars. And yeah, you got this- the pill thing, right? They do this magic pills. Yeah, they do the magic pill stuff. I know about Jason Bourne, kind of. But what I don't know is like if they know each other like do they do they know who isn't the whole idea that they shouldn't know who each other are like if they're getting my, yeah my assumption is being in the ca is a lot more boring than the movies make it out to be that's my assumption right i think it's more of like the first act of a jack ryan movie as opposed to the last act of a jack ryan movie does that sure, make sure, sense sure. yeah sure yeah but like are they even supposed to be in america like aren't you if you're doing your job and you're the cia and you're on like you know the continental u.s Aren't you kind of not doing your job? Is that kind of like a vacation? You should be in yeah, another country. Break. Yeah, they could be on break. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You got a whole maybe weekend. You could, be, you could be setting up a banana republic in Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Is that skill set transfer over to like being good with crossbows? Like, is that the Apparently. same people? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's the part that like I don't I don't understand. Yeah, I I guess we'd have to watch the movie. Maybe it's perfectly explained. Yeah, I think maybe all these mysteries will be resolved. Yeah. Yeah, I just definitely going to watch it. I definitely think it's going to have the same vibe for me as I don't know why I'm thinking this, but sneakers. We're like, I'm oh, like, oh, it's I love good. Sneakers. Mm. I'm going to be like, it's good. It's not for me, but it's good. Like, I like that it exists. Um, oh, I don't think it's, it's good. Me. I don't think it's good at all. I, I love it, though. <laughs> That's the opposite of how I feel. <laughs> um, let's talk about this next trailer because this next trailer is Terms of Endearment. Hell yeah, it is. Fucking uh, James yeah, L. From- Brooks. Yep. Spanglish's James L. Brooks. Uh-huh. The guy from The Simpsons? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like. He directed uh, a handful of movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like a number of. this. I think it set a record for Oscar nominations at the time and it won a bunch, including like screenplay and director for. Okay. Oh, wait. James I thought you guys L. were being sarcastic. I'm... Yeah, no, this is totally James L. Brooks. This is the most famous movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I... <laughs> I was yeah. I, I'm sure the screenplay is good. I just I like, heard the Nicholson. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen it, but it, I know it's a famous. I know all the things from it. It's like yeah, I know it. Yeah, I never saw it, but I feel like I know it. Yeah, like um, I've osmosed I, a lot of it, and it's 1996 sequel, The Evening Star. Mm-hmm. This this fucking cast is out of control. It's, it is. Danny DeVito, yeah. John Lithgow are in it. I just I Jeff can't Daniels? get past. Yeah, he plays a guy named Flap Horton. And, I, and I'm like, do another pass. Do another pass. Jack Nicholson Flap plays Horton. Garrett Breedlove. Yeah, it's Garrett a... Breedlove and Flap Horton. But Garrett Breedlove like... is an astronaut, which he's you an astronaut. cannot forget. Yeah, he's awesome. an astronaut. Yeah, do different, do different names. Make a different name. Make a different name. No, this no, guy's clearly no. trying for something, and he won, and it's perfect. <laughs> no if notes. they were both astronauts, I'd be into it, because astronauts have dumb names. So, like... That would make sense. It sounds like maybe they were taken away in space and replaced by just like aliens who just did not know the English language. That's what that sounds like to me. Is that the plot? Is that the plot? Yeah, why not? Okay. No, it's Shirley MacLaine wants wants to is she's DTF. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. The trailer could could just be called Grandma's fucking again because she Mm -hmm. makes frequent every time we see Shirley MacLaine, she's either referencing the fact that she's a grandma, the fact that she's fucking, or both. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like Golden awesome. Girls. It's like yeah, Golden Girls. she's like Blanche. She's awesome. Yeah. She's like all of them. They all fucked. That's the true. Show is That's so much true. Fucking. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I know one thing about this movie. Can I spoil it? Can I spoil the thing I know about this movie? Or not? Um, the thing I you wrote in the know. notes, is that this movie or is that Steel Magnolias? Oh, wait. No, I think it's this according, movie. I think it's so this according movie. To, according to IMDb trivia, Deborah Winger was snowblind during this. What does that mean? <laughs> she was on so much I cocaine that she was a problem Around on 19- set. 1983 was probably snowblind. Oh, yeah. Apparently she got in a shoving match with Shirley MacLaine, which is probably the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I want to get in a shoving match with Shirley MacLaine. That's amazing. Um, I actually realized that I don't know the difference between Steel Magnolias or Terms of Endearment, but I believe... There isn't. They're, they're the same movie, right? Same movie? Actual, the, same, the exact same movie? Yeah, it's entirely yeah. possible. Okay. Um, no, I think this is the one I, I put in the chat, so I'm, I'm sorry if I spoiled this for you guys, but um, yeah. You did. I did. I'm you so did sorry. Spoil it. I'm, I'm sorry. not. I don't. I don't. I. I'm. I have nothing against this movie. I don't know when I'd ever sit down and watch Never it. You know, watch Terms of Endearment. Maybe if I'm on I've my deathbed and I'm watching every movie, you know, like, but it's gonna be. It's gonna be a minute. Yeah, I don't like like sad movies or like movies that pretend like they're gonna be happy and then end up being sad. Like movies where grandma's fuck and then it gets sad. It's not. It's not for me. Right. But, um. Yeah, nothing about this has ever. None of the words in the title appeal to me, and I think that's a little bit of a, the problem. Like "Steel Magnolia" right. sounds cool, but like "Terms of Endearment" are like things that I don't like. It sounds legal. It's very, it's very generic, right? Mm-hmm. Like the terms of endearment. All right. It's well, called, no, like, pet it, names. It, it it refers to yeah, it's a pet name, yeah. Oh yeah, or it's, or it's like the terms oh, yeah. of love, like the terms and the conditions. Yeah, of love. right. Yeah. Call yeah, it yeah. pet names. Call it pet names. That's, that would be it's great. The, it's, the, it's, it's the dual meaning, you see, Dave. Yeah, That's why it's an Academy Award winning screenplay. Wait, so I wait. I, okay, I realize there's a third one in this. It's Steel Magnolias, Terms of a Dealment, and Fried Green Tomatoes. I just, growing up, I just thought oh, they were I the love, same movie. <laughs> I love Fried Green Tomatoes. There's definitely that some is... overlap there, but only one of yeah. those films has Chris O'Donnell being hit by a train. Are you it, sure? Hell yeah. Which one? <laughs> Talk about oh. spoilers. The same one that has cannibalism in it. Mm-hmm. What the Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to watch all three to find out. Okay. Well, by the way, in terms of Steel and Magnolias, this is probably why Tom Skerritt in that movie played some guy named Drum Eatonton. Yeah, and just Tom Skerritt just why? has Tom Skerritt just has astronaut face, just yeah, resting astronaut. Face. Oh no, but this is Steel and Magnolias, so I'm just talking about the other. This is why it's so easy to get confused because Sally Field is M like Dash Lynn Etenton. So Mullen. Huh. That's not a name. Etenton. No, nope. nope, none of these things are names. It's like Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Princess um, of Outworld. Trivia yeah, Jones. I, yeah. I need to point out this trailer is also over four minutes long. It sure and is. It's like, what? why? Why? They're what really they, luxuriating they, in it. Yeah, what did they think? Well, I mean, this we was like a big movie. This minutes. is like the big Oscar movie of the year, so they were really milking it. Yeah. And I'm sure it's really true. good. I mean, it's, you know... Oh, I bet it's great. I bet it's fantastic. Um, uh, I don't know. I've seen like the big parts of it that you're supposed to see on one of those like 100 best movies of the decade thing. Mm-hmm, and maybe right. I'm just missing the context of why this is at all charming or lovely or heart-wrenching. But I'm just like, man, this lady is really yelling about putting like a Karen in this in this fucking situation. Like that's the one scene I remember is like she's just freaking out about. Yeah, putting yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not good. Maybe like, it's not. Like, like, like watching movies like um, like The Big Chill, even though I still mostly like The Big Chill, but like 
it's so yeah it's i don't know it's just i i mean it maybe it's a generational thing because it was specifically for the boomer generation yeah yeah not all movies end up good i've always wanted to watch the jill yeah like or like saint elmo's fire the ones that like you're supposed to be like whatever the saint elmo's fire is is nuts (laughs) like i I think that movie was that movie was bad even for 1986 do we have one of those for us, like our millennial generation yet, or is that just like Stranger a Things or something? For us, it's probably can't, like Can't Hardly Wait or something like that, right? No, yeah. but like like like, a, like the reunion, the movie. older, yeah, re old old oh. folks getting together. I guess it's all happening on TV now. It's like Yellow Jackets or something. That. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like, and we also just like make movies now, like where they just get all the old people back together. Oh yeah. To, like I don't know. It just feels or, or do, or like we don't you, have as much nostalgia. Were, were you asking? Is there is there a movie like The Big Chill for millennials? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh no. yeah. Um, Not yet. I think we have to be a little older. There's probably Lena Dunham. Call us. Just kidding. <laughs> there's probably mm. one I'm overlooking. Yeah. I want to talk about this next one because this next one is Amityville 3D. It sure is, Dave. It did you guys notice a single shot in this trailer that looked like it'd be good in 3D? Nope. <laughs> when the house like explodes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're just like they're specifically being like, this is the 3D version. So if you just, if you promise that, show stuff that you're like, oh, I bet that would look good in 3D. Right, it's stuff None like of a pipe. Well, yeah. what's the 3D different back in the day? I know the technology was the same, but like did it we It was the red blue, it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was red blue. Did we do it differently though? Like the different I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, did it look the way the 3D looks now? Um, I imagine the technology has advanced us on 3D technology or 3D, uh, you know, eyewear. But did the movie look? I mean, maybe that, those were the shots, is what I'm saying. Maybe those pipes. Yeah, I yeah. assume it looked worse. Yeah, I don't know. This apparently, I have I've never seen this, but I heard that it's almost exactly like the first one. But but I assume a bunch of shit flies at you. But again, the shots in it, they don't. It doesn't look like they do it well. There's like. Shots of like a fucking like a right, like still, a piece of a wall flying. Right, it's like it's too big to look good in three D. There's stuff like that, and it's also filled with because you know it's an Amityville movie, so there's like the trailer is filled with moments of like supernatural or exis- more existential dread, mm-hmm. which is not that's not like a funhouse type scare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like yeah, it's more just like, it's like a black with your mirror. own mortality type of scare. If you right, put it in 3D, it's, it's very scary. Right, yeah. Blast that <laughs> shit into the third dimension. I mean, it would give me a panic attack. Well, here's my question. Was it mm-hmm. the third in the franchise? And this is really, yes, really it important. It was? Yes, it was. Well, God bless it. Mm-hmm. Because what I can't stand is like the Saw 3D movie that's like number eight. Or the Final Destination oh, yeah, 3D movie that's number five. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Yeah. The, the Final Destination the 3D one also kind of squandered its 3D um, yeah. to its great shame. I mean, right. we had this whole period, right? In 2014 or like post-Avatar, maybe. Or t- yeah, it was right around like, yeah, 2008, 9 to like 2015. We were all supposed to get TVs that were 3D. And like oh, yeah. that was oh, going to yeah. be a thing. That was another, it was a big, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeffrey Katzenberg bet big on it. Oh, man. And that's <laughs> why he's still around doing yep. his thing with CISO or whatever. Not CISO. Uh, yeah, he, Quibi. He ate, yeah, he ate all that shit and went right from that into Quibi. So. Yeah, Quibi. Mm-hmm. He's doing real well. I want to. I want to note this is directed by um, Richard Fleischer, who did Fantastic Voyage and Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Street. See, he's been doing shit since the forties. Hell yeah! He did Red Sonia. He did. He did fucking um, uh, fuck. What's it called? Uh, Soylent Green. 
Oh, so, so like, green. Oh my gosh, that yeah. many. But this is him in the 80s, so I imagine he's probably a little tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, it's Amityville like, 3D, man. He's yeah, just exactly. like, whatever. Exactly. Not, you, th- yeah, I, you think I'm lighting this? Well, like, right. if you're doing that, like, who who did you divorce and have a shitty lawyer from? Like, because, like, it's like, it's like a Robert De Niro move. Like, why are you making a movie? You did, like, 20,000 Leagues, man. You shouldn't have to yeah. be doing movies like Amityville 3D in your he 80s. Was, <laughs> he was over 50, nearly 60 films in at this point. Yeah. And like, so, yeah, and he's a just like, like legitimate, know, you know, like, like Soylent Green and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea are, like, classics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this guy had nothing to prove. So I assume it's like Scorsese He's just working, a commercial. Man. He's just clocking yeah. in, whatever. It's fucking yeah, Amityville not. 3D. Fuck you. I think, it's, I think it's divorce. I think it's like somebody could, got a really yep. good divorce on and now you have to could work Could be forever. that too. Could be that too. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I want to give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, but for sure. Not his you know, fault. We just got done saying how much cocaine was flying around in the 80s. A lot yeah. of cocaine. Maybe he had a substantial debt. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you have to be eighty, like eighty year old, doing that much cocaine in the eighties. I feel like he wouldn't have been around. I mean, he was even doing his three D. That energy's coming from somewhere. Ooh. Yeah, it's coming from cocaine mm-hmm. specifically. That's what I. That is what I am saying. Yeah, right from that cocaine. Yep. You said Scorsese in a legally binding sense. You know what I think would be really funny? I've just been playing this around in my head. Mm-hmm. What if we accident, like, we just kind of snuck in? Scorsese doing like a Marvel film. Like we didn't tell him it was a Marvel film. Someone just pitched him like a really, you know, gritty <laughs> film. And it just, we, it just turns into a Marvel. Like at the end, he doesn't even know about it. It's a post-credit Nick Fury in at the end. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really fun. Cause you have to imagine that like he sees these movies. He could, he doesn't, everyone makes him talk about it. Like he's got some high fucking looting theory on it. But I think it's just like, he's done asking, like being asked about it. And he doesn't really care one way or another. It'd be hilarious if we just kind of snuck in like a, prequel origin film oh yeah he wouldn't give a shit yeah yeah, yeah. fuck it get him to do a star wars they should have done that with killers of the flower moon ended <laughs> it with fucking nick fury yeah have like, nick fury yeah. walk in at the end have nick Mur- yeah it's echo it's just echo and kingpin <laughs> just like flash forward a couple hundred That'd be years so funny you have kingpin that would be my favorite edition oh <laughs> hmm? uh, should we talk about mr mom yeah probably i saw this one <laughs> this is um written you know who wrote it right yeah, john, john hughes, hughes. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? No, no. no. This is Michael this, Keaton. Yeah. The the entire point. So the entire oh, premise yeah, yeah. is Michael Keaton is has is to stay do at home mom dad, stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Right. That's the entire struggle. That's it. That's the movie. It's like, isn't this amazing that this man has to stay home while while his wife goes to work yeah i, th- I got this confused for a second with a the uh, movie with the babysitter uh, movie with hulk hogan i think that's what i was thinking this was oh but, like, mr nanny mr nanny oh, yeah i get these two confused all the time yeah uh, so i mean uh, that mr. was that was mr nanny's intent <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what he meant by it um this movie also in my mind gets confused a lot with uh multiplicity i don't know yeah, why sure. Maybe, yeah yeah because if you have to be a single dad, you might as well, or stay-at-home dad, you might as well have a hundred of you because, God, that yeah, works hard. Fuck it. Yeah, so that I can go sailing all day. That's yeah. what it does, yeah. multiplicity. Um, it that's, is... I mean, that's everything you're saying is for sure true. Um, but I think you, you also have to... It was, it was 1983. 
Like, I yeah, mean, but as we noted in the notes, like this trend lasted so. It lasted way long. too long. Yeah, you pointed out daddy daycare. Yeah, like, daddy right. daycare in the two thousands. Can yeah. you believe that a man has to take care of a kid? The and they always do it in the framing of like they're so bad at it. Like and like that makes it okay, I, mean, I guess, sitcoms. or something. Like every sitcom yeah. of the eighties and nineties is like. Mom goes away for the weekend, and it's like everything the dad can do not to poison the kids. Guys, yeah, what it's do you, wild. What do you think? Like movies and TV are like today? Like it's, it hasn't changed. <laughs> really hasn't changed that much. Like it's like yeah, no, it really hasn't. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I feel yeah, like we're this still trope doing is this. Yeah. dying, though. Right? This trope's dying to some extent no i, I don't know man don't remember know. hawkeye remember the tv show hawkeye we're like oh yeah hawkeye I has like a little project tv show hawkeye well that's where echo came into play but like <laughs> hawkeye's like, <laughs> he's like oh there's a little, a little girl he's helping out little kate bishop and then you're like oh wait doesn't he have a family a family at home that got unsnapped and like they're just hanging out linda cardellini and his like four kids he calls him up at you're one right. point in the show and he's like i'm sorry i won't make it home for christmas I'm hanging out with this like 19 year old girl I've decided to mentor. And like, that's just wild to me that that's what we're saying is like a, a superhero thing to do these days. It's just being it really weird. Yeah. Just leave your family at home. <laughs> you were so mo- You killed all these people in Japan and everywhere. Cause you just wanted your that's family back. Right, so bad. He did. Yeah. He, I think he just wanted to have a cool mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we all, don't we all. Mm-hmm. No. Um, should we talk about the right stuff? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna keep on should. thinking about other movies that have daddies, dads raising single daughters or sons, and then well, taking speaking so hard. Of <laughs> other movies that have daddies in it. This is from the director of Quills. <gasps> the director of Quills. The right stuff. I thought this movie was Top Gun. Quills. <laughs> it's my favorite movie of all time. First of all, Quills is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I brought a Quills poster up to college. I was sweet. Yeah, no, I was super. <laughs> that was coolest like my kid, coolest kid in college. I still have that poster. It's in my garage. It's uh, Quills is an all-time great for me. I wouldn't put it in my top ten anymore, but I think it is a brilliant film. And I thought everyone yeah. in it was so sexy, including Jeffrey Rush. Uh, that's very funny. That I also thought this movie. That's the theme at tonight. Is I thought this movie was that movie. I thought this right. movie was Top Gun. <laughs> like, it looks Top like it. It's not I not Top Gun. Constant. Is this the one where they're running on the beach? No, that's Top Gun. No, I'm thinking of um, Rocky Three. Not Top Gun. No, I'm thinking. I, I, people are screaming it. I I forget what it's called. I'm thinking of a different movie. But um, it, it's all kind of part of the same blob, which is like, yeah, training to do stuff. And well, this planes. one just passed me right by, and it feels so antiquated now. Like it's like we're gonna go to space, and like the the trailer is so like spoon feeding like they're heroes but they have emotions too yeah and it, it, it it's so basic um, well this was like, the, like this was the like first it. and i well, not not even just the first i think it remains the most significant movie about that's the space race so all these like uh scotland's like alan shepherd uh right. so I, I i i think this is the one that this is the space movie that like established all of the tropes of space movies right uh, the simpsons directly like rip this off oh yeah oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so the fact that it's cast with like uh the same people who were gonna be in apollo 13 that was like not an accident the fact that it's an ed harris joint i think that is stunt casting right for mm-hmm. apollo 13 yeah, to some extent. Yeah, yeah. plus ed harris just has again has astronaut face just he like, really uh, does um whoever else i said scooty mctiernan <laughs> it's 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 also it's never smoked weed face is yeah. what you're describing too. That's astronaut face. It's <laughs> yeah, the real, same thing. Real Johnny Unitas face. 
Yeah. He was one of the uh, earliest celebrities I ever met. Uh, real quick is uh, is is Ed Harris, and I met him at the Huffington Post uh, party for Barack Obama's inauguration, and he was just like the sweetest guy. And I would like definitely walked away thinking, I bet he'd smoke some weed with me. So it's really funny that he has don't smoke weed face because that's absolutely true. At least in this era. By the way, when I said it's the director of the Quills, I should also know it's the writer of Indiana Jones. What? (laughs) Writers of the Lost Ark. It's it's um Philip Kaufman, who also directed Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's just funny to identify him as the director of Quills. So, um, I love that that is the case, though. Can you tell me what else the guy from Colossus has directed? Because I actually don't know. Um, Rising Sun? Mm-mm. No idea. Um, oh, the Wanderers? It's, it's awful. It's great. You should watch Mm-mm. it. Twisted? Mm. He hasn't done much. Okay. He's mostly written a lot of stuff. Like I said, Indiana Jones um, and, and some others. Wait, stuff. so you're saying the guy who wrote Indiana Jones directed Quills? Is that what you're telling um, me? At least he has a story by credit with Rogers. Holy shit. That's and why they're he's credited sexy. for all the other Indiana Jones for characters and story. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, this is like a... It's all one big mush. It's like Jay, uh, it's like Patrick Shanley. Like, you know, like John Patrick Shanley, where you're like, oh, what? You did Congo and then Proof. Right. Or not, not Congo. Uh, you, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then Doubt. You know, you, know who, you know who wrote Quills? Harrison Ford. Shut up. I I am lying. Of course you're lying. I would know yeah. if you yeah. did that. It's the least Harrison Ford movie ever. <laughs> I feel like you guys are just saying quills because you know I like it, but I feel like I'm getting the sense that nobody here has seen quills. Look it up. Look, nobody. No, I've seen quills once. I was really high, which was a mistake. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember being a bad movie. It's a great film. It's just great film. Yeah, it's just not a movie people talk about much. It's a film of my sexual awakening. I will say that as disgusting as that is. Uh, that was, right, that was the film that did for me. <laughs> that's what we call a red flag, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, especially if you see the kid's dorm room in Oberlin, like the freshman year, you walk into someone's room. Yeah, that's like, right. That's the only thing that's room. up, everyone else fight club or it's like Scarface and you walk in and just one girl's got quills. quills. That, it might as well oh, be yeah. a red flag you had on the wall. Oh my God. Luckily, no one knew what it was, and I was like, "You guys into Jeffrey Rush? You guys into yeah. really weird Jeffrey Rush is the Marquis de Rush heads, yeah, yeah. Rush heads, <laughs> Rush heads. You guys seen Shine? Well, that's like a good gateway into what I'm talking about here. Oh, let's talk about a Christmas story. Let's Unless do there's anything it. Yeah. Else. All right. It's weird God, to think of. Uh, it's, it's weird to think of a Christmas story coming out. Yeah. yeah. Let's just well, did we have that last year? Didn't a Christmas uh, like the new version of that? They did have they sequel. Did, yeah, yeah, they did a sequel like a year or two ago. Yeah. A Christmas story I haven't seen it in a while. I remember it being good. It is such a boomer film, right? It like is yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's about the Christmas in the forties. Yeah. yeah. Uh this trailer is great, I thought. With, save for the last joke. Last joke's mm. a real problem. But the the rest of the trailer, you're like, man, I do want to see that. That looks crazy because they don't describe what the movie's about. They just show all these sequences, and you're like, what the fuck? I mean, to be fair, that is what the movie's about. It's just a bunch of like out of context sequences yeah, yeah. of like, yeah. of, like moments in time. Yeah, and it's it's got that Wonder Years thing with the voiceover. I never it never killed me. I don't know as a, as a Jew who is not of that generation. I was like, I don't know. It's a lamp. It's a fucking right. Like, it's a light. It's a lamp. I don't get it. But as I got older, I think like. There's like a charm to it. It's you know, it's other people's thing. It's not my thing, but like I appreciate sure. now that it's not a you know whatever fucking last Christmas we're putting out now or five yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, I mean, it's the man. 
Yeah, I, I never even thought of what a trailer to this movie would look like. So it's yeah, it's weird being so. This is a movie that was perpetually on in in my house growing up. So I have probably seen this movie a hundred times. Oh yeah, I feel like I have too. That's the weird thing, but I can't remember like any. They show order it on cable. Plot. They show it on like TBS. You'll shoot your eye out, like the part mm-hmm. with the Santa Claus and rolling down, like the the little yeah. thing. I mean, I remember all the parts of it. The, the it's like yeah. It's like thinking about what what the world was like, what New York was like without the Statue of Liberty or something like that, where you're like, it's always been there. And like the idea of it becoming a thing is weird. I get that. You're drawing attention like, to it. I was just sort of born into this movie being around yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's just always existed. Yeah. So it's sort of like losing an institution. Like like to have to think about it, it like being birthed into existence is like trying to think about like the Statue of like yeah, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, when, suddenly the, when a up. statue gave birth to the Statue of Liberty, yeah, yeah or a exactly. larger statue. Yeah, so when Ghostbusters two made me think about that too hard about what it would look like when it walked around and danced. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, Ghostbusters, man. <laughs> it's it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder if you could make a movie like that today about like I guess they kind of have or I'm just I'm about blanking statues, I guess on all giving the birth to other statues. Yeah, about the statue birth, which is by the way, like that is like a that's a fetish, and I forget the name of it. And it's mostly held by women. That's a fetish. Well, it's it's like uh you are in love with big, tall, inanimate objects, oh. and like it, like fetishize your relationship to like things like Ferris wheels and like buildings. Oh, and so, okay. Your tone yeah. of voice sounded I awful Googled, judgmental. I Dave. googled statue birth fetish. Well, it's like um, that plus no, birthing ex- porn. <laughs> right. There's birthing porn? Well, vor, there's like the vor, which is the inverse of that. You know, like that's when you, right. yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not that surprised that these things exist. Um, um, yeah, I'm Googling statue birth. I thought there was a specific fetish for statues giving birth. I mean, there I know is. There's a there's that there's that movie about a woman who got, falls in love with a roller coaster ride, like a roller coaster, a theme park or a fair ride. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, you got yeah. It. So yeah, that was like a thing, like in two thousand two thousands. I feel like in the something awful forums, it's just like the knowledge that this was real and existed. And the girl I went to high school with ended up like studying this as her like PhD, like doing a doctorate degree on like people who have that specific. I'm not sure. Statue sure. birth fetish? No, no, this the statue or like the large monolith fetish of like just being obsessed with Ferris wheels or buildings and they form these weird emotional relationships with them. So it's like I feel like it's less of a fetish than like because it's held by more women than than dudes. It's like this weird emotional toxic relationship that they have with like, you know, the Chrysler Center or like a, a big bridge. Aww. You know? It's sad that it's toxic. Well, I mean, it's toxic because it's it's well, just I mean, toy projection. If you if you knew the Chrysler Center, you wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. The or you want to talk about the dead zone? I would love I to love talk that... about the dead zone. Yeah, I love that Christmas story it had us talk about monolith fetishes. Yeah, you um, thought you would think that the light the light would have gotten us there, right? Them. But speaking of fetishes to objects and like weird stuff this is a cronenberg film and that i that. always forget i that always forget that in fact when you said that right then i was like no it's not oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's too it looks too normal mm-hmm. it seems Which like isn't to say that yeah. ahead. no go ahead sorry oh it isn't to say that he hasn't made movies like this this is just yeah it's just I don't know. it's weird because he's like really good friends with carpenter right and this seems like a carpenter movie that would have like a David Cronenberg reference in it. Like he calls a lot of characters Cronenberg and like, uh, you know, there's like, right. a, there's that guy in Escape from I think from Christine is around the same time. So I wonder if we yeah. go watch Christine, if there's a Cronenberg reference in it. And I just wonder, oh, I'm ahead. sorry. No, 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 go ahead. 
I, I I just wanted to talk about the the trailer for the Dead Zone. Oh yeah, which is weird. I don't know. It's it's it is kind of weird. A, yeah, it's a movie. I always forget about like you get you guys say you forget it's a Cronenberg film like this sort of like I forget everything about it that it's a Cronenberg film with Christopher Walken in it that it's a Stephen King book <laughs> right Martin Sheen surprise Martin, Martin Sheen is in it well the way he does, he's not a bad scum politician it has a weird apocalyptic storyline connected to Tom Martin Sheen Garrett you would Tom think- Skerritt's there it's a second Tom Skerritt reference of the day yeah. you would think if, if Cronenberg was given a choice over what Stephen King like adaptation he wanted to make i feel like the dead zone would be like i don't know how many king books that had come out most of them right most of the like really big ones had come out by that point like i feel like this is not the one he would have personally chosen because it's just right. there's nothing in here that's like particularly like body horror or particularly even like that supernatural it's just the guy wakes up and he's he's psychic uh right. and he helps solve like one crime and then he's just just makes an assassination not happen or forces the situation i forget exactly what it was makes a guy oh, he a, makes maybe an a human assassination shield. happen but it's yes. like it's to prevent a uh like yeah. a dystopic future right the visions are very really... as i remember oh yeah um it's very much like that uh demon 79 episode of, of you guys in the most recent black mirror it's kind of got that vibe where it's like well yeah you gotta you gotta do sometimes you gotta do some murders but it's saving the world like you're you're mm-hmm. preventing the apocalypse so what you gonna Write do that down, everybody yeah um, I really liked the trailer for this. Uh, I remember very recently I had to explain to my boyfriend what this story was about because he's like, what's the dead zone? I was like, ah, oh, it's like, you know, black eyes. It's like the whole thing. It's like he goes to the fair and he, I just described the plot, I think from memory, from just the books. And I really focused on the part where he, I'm not sure if this is even in the movie, he goes to the fair and he really pisses off this carnival barker because he's able to guess every single, like, like a roulette wheel kind of thing he's able to guess and then like the guy's like trying to like you know con him and like you know get all his money but instead the guy keeps guessing correctly because he's on his weird pre-psychic mind jam and that's yeah yeah that's the thing about this movie is like the name the dead zone that alone makes me always forget what it's about yeah because like i don't interpret that with like seeing the future or Mm -hmm. like He's not dead. Like the political stuff. Yeah, it's it's so. I think that's what he calls his like visions or something. I forget. I think they, it's they, a... they explain it in the movie. It's been a minute since I've watched it. It's because oh, yeah. he goes into a coma at one point, but that's after he was a kid and he fell through the black ice, and then that gives right. him psychic power. And then when he's an adult, he gets into a car accident going home from the carnival, and he's in a dead zone for like what thirteen that's, years or something. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's like, and then he wakes up and the psychic powers are like full force. But that just teaches kids like a really great lesson, I think, of like, if you give yourself enough traumatic injuries as a child, then you'll be halfway there to the psychic powers and just do literally. some irre- yeah, irresponsible driving. And then you're all the way there. Then you're an X-Men. L- l- literally right. a South Park episode. Mm-hmm. One that I've seen, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, hey and the Dead Zone re- fucks. It's an awesome movie. Yeah. yeah, it does. Here's my hot take. I'm... South Park kind of fucks. <laughs> kind of like it. <laughs> I haven't it's seen not that hot of a take. I haven't seen the la- the most recent. I think two seasons. Uh, David, if you I'm knew like... me, if you knew me, you would know that that's the hottest take I can ever fucking have. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped watching. I'm like f- six years behind, maybe even more. Yeah, and like I don't know. I I I 
I don't know. I'm I'm just checked out with South Park. I don't even know the state of it. Yeah, I can't like speak to I, it. I I really this culture around it is so toxic. I feel like everyone who watches yeah, it talks about sure. it toxic. I finally watched the Kathleen Kennedy Star Wars one. And I was like, oh, this is like the opposite. People just are reading whatever they want into it because they're saying the opposite of what everyone else thinks they're saying. And I was like, right. It's just I just can't stand Carmen's voice. I think as a human being, and so like from an early age, I found that that little it's unpleasant. Kid, it's unpleasant. It's grating, and I don't find him funny um at all because of that voice but i think that's because he reminds me a little bit of me as a kid uh and i i will and only intermittently watch south park but their COVID special was really good and that's how yeah i remember in high school someone told me about south park and they said it was a show about kids with large heads and one of them dies every episode and they omitted the fact that it was a cartoon oh my so god i was imagining like i was imagining the coolest fucking show I ever oh my god yeah Oh my god. Wait, yeah. okay, I'm gonna do some AI art. <laughs> so oh no. All right, all right. Well, let's move on. All right, on. but let's first we on. have to talk about Deal of the Century. This... A movie I did not know exists, and frankly, I don't care to know <laughs> Dave, this I, I want bl- you to look yeah, we'll fit it finish describing it and then I want you to look at the all caps note I left in the Oh, I saw oh, you did. I okay. saw. It's Lord of War, but Chevy Chase. Right. Huh. And it's, Gregory it's Hines. A, Gregory, huh. Gregory Hines is his Jared Leto. And Sigourney Weaver buried in the trail. They're like, and Sigourney Weaver. And you I'm barely like, see you. her. Wait, yeah, do, fuck you, and Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney Weaver. Do you think that that means that they could also have a sequel? I guess not with Gregory Hines, but the way that Lords of War is getting a sequel. Right, it is. Oh I'm my excited god. for that. Oh it needs a sequel. That that his story continues. That actual person. Yeah, um, he'd die. But this is about a South American arms dealer who sell, has a big deal to a dictator. Chevy Chase is the arms dealer playing what I would say is a very fitting Chevy Chase role in that you don't like him. I assume you're not supposed to like him. Um, I have, it, it, and yes, uh, Tom, the lead that we're bearing is it's William Friedkin. What? Um, Directed by William directing. Friedkin. Yeah, fun. I looked up trivia for this. Fun trivia. This is one of only two films that he wrote nothing about, positive or negative, in his memoir. Wow. So I'm like, yep, that checks over out. This one. Oh, man. He just had nothing to say about his Chevy Chase movie. I wonder if that's because, like, he's, like, the opposite of Frank Langella. Like, to that book, drop names of, like, all the bad things he thought about, like, every celebrity he's mm-hmm. ever met. Talking shit about people who are dead, like, who cannot say anything back. So he's like... Elizabeth Taylor, she was a drunk. She liked me though. She wanted to get this. <laughs> Rex Harrington, total queer. Like it's it was the craziest book. I'm like, that's the book you released posthumously, but like no, he wanted to release that uh two Wait, decades who ago. Who released this? Rick Langella. Oh, okay. Okay. It's really that good. That also sounds like something Chevy Chase would have released. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It all comes together. Yeah, this movie looks insufferable. <laughs> like I don't want I just I, I don't find I even before I knew he was a prick, I never really found Chevy Chase funny. No, he's um, not. National Lampoon's vacation was fine, but he was never I never really got a laugh from him. And it's like him and Sigourney Weaver, and I can't help but to think about like her dynamic with Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. Yep. And this just feels like a lesser version of that. And I'm just like I I just have very like uh, I I Mm. Considering that, like, <laughs> this looks anti-comedy to me. This movie. I feel like anything with Chevy Chase, I always feel is anti-comedy because he's got that smugness. It's that Cartman smugness. I just really don't like that in him as a person. Even before I knew he's he was a, shitty, like, I just was like, this guy yeah, sucks. Exactly. I think it, he's a I, comedy black hole for me. I think it works in certain contexts. Mm. In certain characters, I think it can be funny. Go ahead, defend Chevy Chase. Let me hear more. <laughs> 
That's it. That's all I, I have. That's as far I as I care to go. I think he plays a jerk. I think him playing a jerk works. Like yeah. him as an arms dealer, I was like, that's perfect. No, I Casting. think like I I think he's funny in the vacation movies. Like I <sighs> I think he's funny as Clark Griswold. As Clark Griswold is a prick. Yeah. Right. I mean, to um, me, who is the like... engineer of his own misery, much like Chevy himself. Yeah, and I guess they kind of did some funny stuff with him on Community, but the joke was always on him. I just think, you know, his, because you said Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray, you know, like Bill Murray just punched that man in the face on like that second season of SNL. Like, well, Chevy was yeah. on his way out. He just punched him in the face. And I wonder if like Sigourney had to talk about that with him. They had to have that conversation. He's like, oh, you didn't Ghostbusters? Uh, you fucking, uh, you know, Bill? Heard about Bill? <laughs> How's he oh, yeah. doing? Like it must have been a very awkward, tense situation if you have to both kiss Bill Murray and then also go kiss Chevy Chase. Oh yeah, and I figure just any any set with Chevy Chase is an awkward, tense situation yeah. in general. I mean, yeah. have you read the uh, the there was like an oral history I think of SNL, or was it an oral history also of uh, his show, his TV show, that short-lived talk show he had, the Chevy Chase show? Oh. Yeah, Man, it's. it's I th- I know they did the SNL book. I mm-hmm. feel like there's a book specifically about the Chevy Show too, but yeah, the Chevy Chase. Was it called the Chevy Show? Like it was it's... called the Chevy Chase Show. We, uh, my brother and I, watched it. It was only it was on for six weeks. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, it was nice. We would watch every episode. Wow. We watched like we we would only be able to watch it on Friday because that's the only night we'd be able to stay up late enough. Fuck! It was on for six weeks. That's how bad it was. That's yeah, how bad. Think about real. how bad that has to be. His roast was amazing because you could tell everybody was like meant it. Everybody was like clearly just did not care for Chevy Chase also, when like, they roasted him. 1993 is too late. I must be thinking of a second show though, because like the show, talk show I thought he had was like right after SNL. It's like why he lost SNL. But uh, so oh, I don't know. Time. I I thought he left to do movies. Maybe, maybe. To be, to yeah, be that a might big be right. Time movie star. Yeah. Um. To be in this, yeah, to be really? in this directly. Like, I can't imagine that. Like, yeah, as as you know, his as difficult as his reputation is, he's also being directed by William Friedkin, who, yeah. who doesn't have the gentlest reputation. So no, I can't imagine like what making nightmare. this movie was. Like. Yeah, this is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, the, he didn't talk about it in his biography because he killed someone while right. making it. They left mm-hmm. bodies yeah. buried out there where, yeah. where they were filming this. Can you imagine like being uh, so upsetting that you upset William Friedkin? Like you make oh, him yeah. back down. He just was like, "I got to go write the ninth uh, configuration. I'm, I'm gonna go." <laughs> <laughs> you like traumatize him the way that like directors usually traumatize their cat. Like because that's what like yeah. the Dan Harmon thing was, right? Like he just was so traumatized by Chevy Chase that uh, yeah, I imagine William Friedkin left deep scars on him. Deep scars. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah this next true. one, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. Hmm. Should we talk about all the right moves? Obviously. So, uh, fun connection. This is directed by the writer of Ghostbusters 2. I looked this guy up. He is... Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, director of photography. Sorry. Right, okay. He is a... He, he is the DP for Raging Bull, for Invasion of the Body Snatchers, for... Um, there's so fucking many on here. Scrooged, Doc oh. Hollywood, um, The Fugitive, um, Space Jam... <laughs> He evolution. All right, not all, not all bangers. Um, it just sounds like a sounds like a person is, clocking in, man. 
I know it does not. Is, it does not. Scrooge, if you do Scrooge, you're you're officially on my A list. I say R- Raging Bull and also the well, Lost Raging Boys. Raging Bull. I'm, I'm not saying um, uh, like I'm not saying clocking in is a bad thing. I'm just it's the person. A little film called Kindergarten Yeah, a journey, a person Tom. doing a job. Yeah. No. Oh, Taxi Driver. Sorry, I missed Taxi he was, Driver. Wait, he's a cinematographer for Taxi Driver. He's a cinematographer for so, Scorsese and then also like that, that's a pretty Space Jam. big name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think. Tom, you're right. I just wanted to point that out because he's only directed like this movie, which isn't a not famous movie either. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Um, I'd never seen this movie. It looks so generic. I've from seen. This I trailer. saw it in high school. It. Uh, I don't really it, remember it. It's very <laughs> funny they picked these movies because I used to think this movie was. I didn't pick the right, these movies. Was uh, the the Ed Harris movie? Like I, I mean, like I'm just saying, like these. The, I guess this year or whatever just had a bunch of movies that I confuse in my head or conflate with like other films that came out that year, the year before right. I was born. I thought this movie was the Ed Harris space movie. Weird. Yeah, well, that's right. The well, right, it, it, uh, right. I was about to say this. This era was obs- or this year was obsessed with people having the right amount of things, mm-hmm. M- moves and or stuff. Yeah, this. Um, yeah, it's just small town football star wants to make it big in college that's the movie yep. you got you got fucking um craig t nelson playing yeah. a coach playing type coach the role he was born to play yeah either that or apparently a millionaire he killed his wife or whatever in the devil's advocate oh my god the best role playing basically trump like i'm pretty sure he's supposed to be trump in that i have a very he's, funny he's story a about thousand percent that supposed i will to be save trump. it yeah no no <laughs> no, 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 no tell us Tell us. Trump was supposed to be in this movie because you know they used his uh, a building for the Al Pacino's penthouse. Oh so, yeah. So that's why they have that line in there where he's like, "Trump was supposed to make it, but like he couldn't come because Trump was out of town that week." But it's very hilarious to me because Trump had that thing where he's like, "If you're going to use my building, you just have to put me in it." Like Home Alone put me too. In the movie, yep. But like, why would you want to be in? And it, this is just goes for everyone who cameos in Devil's Advocate, like Don King and a couple senators. It's like, why would you want to be in a movie where you're associated with the fucking devil? Like that's because like the implication is that's how care. you got all your power and like worldly belongs is because you know Al Pacino, the literal devil, and it's just everyone's dying to be in that film except for Jeff. He just, cool. I mean, he just likes the attention. He was in the <laughs> Wall Street sequel. Mm-hmm. They shot a scene with him and then didn't include it. Oh, in the it's movie. so yeah. bad. Yeah, it's really bad. There was a couple movies like that where they just shot it and then they were like, nope, no, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, it's they just, just they shoot it just to placate him. Yeah. Um. Leah Thompson's in this because, of course, she is. It's like a law mm-hmm. at this time that you'd have to stick her in. Um, it's, I mean, I this doesn't look bad. I mean, it's Tom Cruise. I love y- young Tom Cruise. This is why I thought it was yeah. Top Gun, or the other one was yeah. Top Gun when I thought it was this. I've, it's my brain. This one also, I wanted to play this one, has both Craig T. Nelson and Terry O'Quinn in it, which is almost Ooh. too much stepdad for one movie. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. had, they had so a much PBR forehead. budget. So much for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, was Craig T. Nelson in Stepdad or the remake of Stepdad? I thought that was the Nip-Tap No, I'm I... just saying they exude Stepdad, oh, stepdad energy. energy. Like, Craig T. Nelson is sort of like what you... He's like the avatar of Stepdads. Yeah. You understand how that's confusing because Terry O'Quinn was Right, of course, because step, Terry O'Quinn is the literal stepfather. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, um, and also on Lost, you know, his character Locke was very much the stepfather of mm. Matthew... No, I'm fucking with you guys. I remember one other <laughs> no, goddamn I was going, thing. He was I was in. going with you. I was going with you on it. No, oh, no, don't have anything done. We got <laughs> next. <laughs> we got one more trailer. It's number one film. Number one film. November nineteen November nineteen eighty three. It is Never Say Never Again. That's not a real movie. That's it not, is. I saw, I saw the trailer. It's not real. From the director Old of James RoboCop Bond. Two. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the, the re- director mm. of RoboCop too. It's the director of the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but what? the director of RoboCop 2, Tom. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I love how you guys put context over somebody. Like it, every director or person has a context that like spans their best and worst moments throughout their history. I like it. Oh yeah. I like context. Um I never saw this movie. I don't I don't care for the old James Bonds, to be honest. This one is um, this is especially a, Sean Connery. This is a fascinating movie because it's it's the result of this weird legal battle where there were people who there were multiple people who had the rights to a specific James Bond novel, Thunderball, mm-hmm. which right. is a movie that Sean Connery already made back in the '60s or whatever. Um, and this is this this movie came out in the same year as I think Octopussy, like a Roger Moore, James Bond movie. So I was they about had, to say, isn't this past his time? Yeah, it is. So they, this, this basically the person who had the rights to Thunderball put this movie out as a fuck you essentially to the, out of the broccolis or the people that own the, the broccolis. Yes, that's right. The, uh, yeah. the, the James Bond series that we're all familiar with. Uh, so they it's did this, those... they got Sean Connery to come back and it's essentially, it's a remake of Thunderball. It's the exact same story as the, movie that's called thunderball starring sean connery it's just he's old in this one yeah it's a nice reminder that movies always kind of sucked yeah um, they've always been ways. shitty and petty and really yeah. cynical like because this new. seems like he's i i mean he's not that old in this but watching it, i was like he seems in a point little of fact old. in point of fact he's actually younger than roger moore in wow. this movie and no. roger moore is the current bond at the time this movie comes out Oh my god! Yeah. Wait. So I'm reading. Uh, just to go back for a second to the RoboCop two thing. Still stuck on that. Oh, that, for sure. Uh, yeah. No. No. That, no. That, that uh that Frank Miller wrote the draft for RoboCop two, and he did it like well, kind of seems like he was scabbing during the 1988 strike. So that's wow. really interesting. Um, but yeah, it sounds like a Frank Miller thing. <laughs> it's such a Frank Miller thing. I was just trying to find the director, but like now I can't find like who that guy was. I can just only find Frank Miller was a piece of shit. Uh, mm. during the RoboCop 2 rewriting session. Um, the director's Irv Kirshner. He's a director. Oh, it is Irv Kirshner. Okay, yeah. you said Star Wars. I thought yeah. you were being sarcastic. No, no, no. It's no. Star back. Yeah. 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 Okay. And RoboCop 2. Okay. RoboCop 2. Yeah, this, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a weird movie. It's a really yeah. strange movie. I also, I subscribe to the idea that action and, like, generally speaking, only gets better with age um, as a mm-hmm. genre. Meaning that mm-hmm. whenever I watch action from the 70s, I'm like, Psh, you just crashed a car. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it, yeah, it, to it, to unlike a lot of genres, action to me almost always, like, even bad action is still like, it's like, look at this shit. Look at the shit that John Wick does yeah, yeah. compared to what this old bastard does and fucking never say never again. However, I do like that the trailer is so tongue in cheek that they know that it's kind of a joke. I appreciated that. I, uh, speaking of that, though, I think that like the one thing about action films in this period that up until very recently was like, yeah, the fucking practical effects, like the fact that they put people in danger, like there were all these fires, like oh, people yeah. could die, like watching it adds like a certain like, ooh. Like, what just... I guess what I'm talking about is action that does have real stunts, not mm-hmm. fast and furious action. Oh. Like compare this to Mad Max Fury Road, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like. Even that's like CGI. Stunts. Like no one was in danger during Fury Road the way that like people are in danger when they're like oh, making yeah. highlights of the movie, you know? But it's. Yeah, oh, yeah. or the car chase and bullet. Mm-hmm. Right. 
but I don't need them to be in danger because I do think it's still better, right? Like you can strap ca- like cameras to the front of cars more and do these like crazy, ele- you know, the raid where it's like there yeah. are there are some CGI like augmentations, but it's real people doing stunts and like. I mean, but just think just, about like most of the. Think of like the back half of the '90s and most of the aughts. It's like, all CGI. It's, it's <laughs> terrible for action. It's terrible. No, I. Don't but I mean, when it's when it's done. When it's done, like, actually, like, when it's done in the tradition of action should be, you know, like, look at, look at the newer James Bonds versus the olders where they do practical stunts. Like, there's no denying those stunts they do in the new James Bond are so much cooler. Are they? Uh, do people, do, think do so. people think so? Like, specifically as it relates to Thunderball, like, my friend's dad was the guy who came up with that, the actual machine from Thunderball, that little rocket thing. Mm-hmm. They use I mean that's cool. it's like a jetpack. Yeah, there's yeah, like, it's a jetpack. They didn't exist before. They made it for the movie. They were like, "This would be cool yeah. if this thing existed." And so I'm they made one. I, it's I'm not the, saying it's, I don't appreciate old action. I'm just saying that I I think the technology and action as technology as we have drone cameras and as we have like you know better and better ways to like you know like perform these stunts safely they just look cooler and cooler i'll be honest dave i'm very surprised to hear you have that take i feel like that's the opposite take that i would assume you have i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying like that just doesn't seem like the kind of take that that i usually I mean, look at john you. wick john wick's john awesome wick's I, think it, I, think, so... I think it's more i think it's more cyclical than it is necessarily mm-hmm. the the old the newer action gets the better it gets yeah yeah i mean i mean look we have this respect now, I think, for, for not just action stars, but the people who are the choreographers of action. I think that's what it is to me. It's like that we would now respect yeah. the yeah, fight coordinators true. and we make them the stars. Like, I mean, okay, Kwan was like doing that, you know, this spent most of his career like doing the X-Men movies and stunt coordinating that. And like, he's like a stunt actor for the most part, but now he's like famous again and that's awesome. Or like the guy who made John Wick is like in that John Wick movie. And the guy, for, is it the same guy from that episode of Barry? Where like they, they just get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, for like yeah, an hour. yeah. I think, I think he's the, the one should... with the kid. I think that's mm-hmm. him. I think them. it's the type of action I should note because I'm talking specifically about Bond esque action. Like Jackie Chan movies from the '90s are fucking undeniable. Yes, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm talking about stuff like car chases, spec- big spectacle action set pieces. <laughs> like that shit just gets. I think it's it's dependent on technology. I mean, I don't know, man. For I, me. I don't know. Remember, like, I don't even like Blues Brothers, but that scene, that car chase at the end of Blues Brothers, knowing that it was all cars, like, that was oh, yeah. all real cop cars. And yeah, just, yeah. Just part of, on. Part of yeah. the appeal of that is how lo-fi it is, too. I, th- I, think well, that's, right. I think that's generally true, Dave. I think it's just when it's used in for practical stunts, I think. It's so yeah, hard Yeah, I guess what I'll say is, for me, it's it's the high like what the the highs are higher does that make sense where it's like that doesn't mean like like a movie made now has good action necessarily by default it just means that when an action when you know fury road is like this is fucking incredible right yeah Um, yeah we can we can do a lot more when we're actually trying right like i using the technology we have the praises of bullet all day long but it fucking fury road is fury road Yeah. yeah exactly i mean I was there was one movie I was watching recently where the, the something blew up and you could oh was it the thing when the, when they're doing the fire at the end I was like oh shit that's real fire there was, oh, yeah. there was a, this visceral feeling I was like oh shit that was that was real fire how did more people not die movies was, like that I always get nervous because I know how drunk they all probably were oh, you know yeah, like yeah. 
where I'm like, man, I don't think John Carpenter should be allowed to blow things up. Yep. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Flamethrower. And yeah. you're like, there's no protection on set. Like, now it's like you get a, a situation like the horrifying thing with the rust, like, once every, you know, lifetime, it feels like. But back then, it was like, you know, every other movie, somebody would be like, oh, accidentally killed somebody or someone got grievously right. injured or, like, you know, whoops. Part of the biz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. It's safer now. I don't know. So, yeah, James Bond. Yeah, old James <laughs> should Bond. Should we move on to producers? Yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> All right. We are going long, and I love it. Um, big old thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Las Vegas, Francis. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to David Knife Boot Henson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Deborah is awesome. Barbara is great, and cancer can go to hell. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Toot, toot. Huh? Thank you to Driftless says, long live the new flesh. Yay! Yeah. Mm. Thank you to E.T., the extravagant terrestrial. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thanks. Thank you to Funky J, mostly comes out at night, mostly. Thanks. Thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Hamfuls. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you to ImpossibleWorlds.net. Issue three is out now. Gorge yourself on our fiction, Gorge. Thank you. All right, let me swoop in here. Uh, thinking of Jay of the Crow says, it's my birthday month. Give your local Corvids a shiny rock. Do it. Corvids? Hmm. I think that's birds. I think that's crows, right? Anyway, thinking of Chris Shanovich. Thank you. <laughs> thinking of Look Mom on a podcast. Thank you. Thinking of Mabel. Step on me. Step, Step on, me. on me. Thinking of Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's confusingly large dick chill. Thank you. Thank you to Mercurial Oz. Thank you. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Thank you. Thank you to Mongolian throat skanking. Thank you. Thank you to Mr. Tell Your Wife how many Patreon subscriptions you have before you agree to buy a house. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you to musical guest Rob Ritchie. Thank you. you. All right. The Patreon one was too real. That's too real, guys. Uh, (laughs) Uh, All right. The strike's over. Yay! Yay! Uh, they're voting on it still. It seems like so. There was this brief moment, like a week ago, or less, when they were like not budging on the AI stuff. Yeah, and it sure sounds like they budged. Maybe a little um, bit. It doesn't feel like the so. full win that the, the, so, w, the, 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 the writers go got. Yeah, we don't have the full deets. Variety says the two sides spent the last several days putting the finishing touches on the deal, which we'll see. The first ever protections for actors against artificial intelligence and a historical pay raise. It's like consent. Er, er, it was like consent and and like protections, right? So there is like an option to be the, that the, the wording of it sounded like it was absolutely still on the table. It's just like you have to opt in, which is right? Like, and it's wild that they wanted it to do it without consent. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. Yeah, they would. Hollywood, baby. <laughs> yeah, there's also a streaming participation bonus, which sounds like there isn't residual. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly yeah. what I said. It sounds like a lump sum, which could work for some people and screw other people oh over, depending God. on the Thank success. You. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a start. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me that they got less of a good deal. It, like the Writers Guild was such a huge sweep. It felt like the writers yeah. got everything they wanted. The fact that like the actors that you would think have more, like I mean, they certainly had more, uh, you know, muscle behind them in terms of influence with pe- like the public opinion of it, you know, maybe and what they were telling people. I, so I don't want to say anything. They got a, well, they got a better minimum increase mm-hmm. than the Writers Guild or directors. I think part of it is, I, I honestly think that studios realized they can't replace writers with AI, but realized that they could absolutely replace actors with AI mm-hmm. and we're more 
uh, adamant about that is my guess. My feeling also is there's so many people in the in SAG who don't even qualify for like the minimum of health insurance. And I know that's something they raised too, but the, the writer's guild's like pretty, yeah. there's got a lot less members and it's a lot more coalesced around like certain things. Whereas the writer, I mean, the actor's guild is like every extra who's like appeared with a speaking line on a Law and Order episode SVU called uh, Winter Solstice. Go check it out. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you can just, like, be in SAG because you got into a SAG program and then you just can apply for membership, like, five years later despite having no other credits. Um, right. You know, so the, it, it encompasses so much more people and so much broader sense of, like, you know, what people are willing to do for less, right. you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, you can spend 10 years making a bunch of stuff on the Internet mm -hmm. and completely unqualified. Oh, you mean yep. it doesn't count on the influencer contract? No. I mean, mm. yeah, fine. Yeah, this is my my thing with WGA and SAG and uh, and all of these is like congratulations. I'm glad you got this done. Now f fucking deal with the internet. Do you want you want to know? You want to know something, Dave? Like you can also do yeah. stuff. You can also do stuff that ends up, let's say on Peacock or Roku or like a streaming network through OTD programming that you wrote and it's not SAG eligible. You just pay that one lump sum because like afterwards they decided, let's take this internet show and put it like on like streaming right. and you don't get anything from that and you're not eligible for anything. Uh, oh yeah. I think there's cracked stuff that's on streaming. There is. Really? Yeah. That's what I show everybody. I own every episode yep. of, uh, of Tom's uh, show about the history with yeah, junk, junk history. Junk history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I own every episode of that. <laughs> it's on yeah. prime. They have, to, they have to figure this out. I'm like the internet is, it's where small businesses start. It's where careers start. Like mm -hmm. so many directors and writers are starting getting found on the internet it has to be recognized at the fact that this is how business works right no one goes around yes. passing around their zine on the streets yes no one no one does their music that way the internet yes. is where it starts so it has to be treated that way and the 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 wga the the directors guild sag they have to get with the times the same way they're asking for the studios and too it is yeah. so they did and what is sad about sag I, really truly sad and i don't mean this i'm part of sag now so like whatever but like but it's how yeah. they try to like muscle creators or people who make money doing stuff on the internet like into not you know not doing anything or like you know sending people after them if they were promoting any content they considered struck material, but it, it right. was very unclear. Like they, they made exceptions. Like the, the idea of like what that meant was so unclear. And these were people that were not in the union, but they threatened them with like future union membership. And like, I just thought right. that was bullshit because those people make money on the internet through the fandoms, through algorithms, through reach. And you can't just be like, you stop doing that so we can get a better deal. But like when our deal is better, like your shit is just gone. Yeah, like, we're not letting you in. Or yeah, anything. we're not letting you in. It's just like we won't let you in if you do stuff. But like you're, if you don't keep up with the Kinda algorithm, you lose it. Like you just lose it. You lose all your money for what? Yeah, you know. Kind of yeah, feel like yeah. they're not going to let me in anyway. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the feeling. It's I, I've been talking to a bunch of people about this. It's like the cool kids table, right? Mm -hmm. It's that idea where they like feel so they're weirdly exclusive. They don't recognize the internet, mm -hmm. and then like they expect the internet to follow their rules. That was very irritating. And oh, like, God. I get it. They were, they had such bigger fish to fry. The fact that they had to deal with the yeah. studios, like, I get it. They had other things to do. That's why I'm saying, like, now they have to, they have to get on this because yeah, one, it wasn't okay. It was not okay. I would, I would argue 
to the thing you're building, Drew, that's what's going to start happening is if they yeah. don't do it, the internet is going to do it for them and they're going to be left out. Well, like, yeah, the, uh, the industries will get built on the internet uh, separate and just that'll be the future yeah. eventually. I mean, the thing is that right now the we're really at like a, a, I really feel like we're at a tipping point with it because like, yeah, there is a provision for internet, right. Uh, internet creation stuff uh, for SAG. It's just called the influencer agreement because they want that right. sweet, sweet influencer money. And like, influencer is like to me and it's not the same for everyone but for me influencer is a, like a, a signal for a certain type of creator on the internet that is not necessarily the type of people who are like trying for a middle just to like eke an existence it's like a middle class career as a creator on the internet like you know like a, right you know it, it speaks to somebody who's like trying to get you know to do a certain kind of thing on the internet as the influencer thing and the fact that sag only recognizes those people as like being worthy of joining the guild is it's just like to me it's that's wild rare. Yeah. There's this idea when the internet started, there was this idea that it's anarchy, right? It's like, oh, anybody can make a mid page and do whatever they want, and it's all Wild West. And the problem is, is that it's not anymore. Uh -uh. But the companies are legally still treating it that way. Mm -hmm. Basically, all all of that still apply. Like it got the internet got take like it's <sighs> wild that they don't they don't treat it like it's a real place where people make money. Exactly. Still. And it's wild because mo mo so many people do, and then they don't have the protection. It's still well, it's, the Wild West in terms of labor protection. Well, it's not but like everything else. It's a corporate-run system. It's five websites, mm -hmm. you know, like owned by rich people who are gatekeeping all these, like freelancers, um, yeah, and taking advantage of the fact that there's nothing protecting them. It is literally the fact that when we think about it, we're talking about child labor issues. We're talking about like yeah. all these kids who are making stuff and making like whenever you make something on YouTube, YouTube gets the money. It's a sixty-one billion dollar industry. It's just right. nobody's see like nobody's who's creating the content who is the product is seeing a dime of it or is protected in any way, shape, or form from like these platforms or other creators or like you know the misuse of like copyright infringement stuff. Like they're just all left to fend for themselves. And we're talking yeah. about children. We're talking about like the next generation of people of which they can like make money for YouTube, but YouTube will take no responsibility for like what happens right. to them or pay them like as if they're anything other than just sort of the middleman and it's this, yeah it's nuts there's this whole thing about like why isn't yeah why don't millennials can't afford a house like why aren't there as many entrepreneurs of this age this is why because mm -hmm. the system is just built for this it, it's that's yeah. it's it's and it's in every industry like you look at what amazon sellers go through and it's like mm -hmm. oh you can't make money that way how can but, you imagine like, this how you can, can this? only be on amazon because if you want to sell stuff there's nowhere else to sell so like they just they own the free market uh, and then they set their own rules well and they also we we lauded these people who came up with the youtube facebook we lauded these guys as like geniuses and they were mostly guys right. like these tech like you know, we're just now finding out about the bubble bursting from all these like startup techs. We're seeing one after another fail. It's Cameo. It's it's WeWork. It's all the ones that are just like, oh yeah, these guys are actually idiots and didn't know how to run a business. They just had an idea. We're talking about people who like make the the content for this business, like that are the product of like that makes this business work. And we're saying like these people don't deserve jack shit. Like we don't, right. they don't deserve anything. They're children. They, they don't deserve anything. Like we're teaching kids that they are their value and the work that they do is is meaningless. And that should just yeah. be something they do for fun and not something they should, or for the attention lottery. Uh, one, right. The one in a million chances will be Mr. Beast. And otherwise, like, go screw yourself. It's a terrible thing to right. teach kids. More people watch YouTube than television now. 
Um, and more people, more kids watch TikTok than YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, this is it. This is the future. They got to get on board because like right now everybody's struggling. And so it's not really these guilds faults. They could, they could say like, look, at, that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then someone has to do this. I, it has to be. Guess what? I'm doing that. Yeah. Doing that. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. That's why, that's why I'm feeling so hyped about it. And like a lot of this came from uh, like just the experience of, of doing the Schmodown and, and some other stuff like that mm-hmm. happened yeah. while I was like a content creator for a couple of years after having like a really uh, like big career in New York where I was like, you know, an arts and entertainment editor for a newspaper and like knew what it was like to have a job and like the the things that went along with it, like the just the natural baseline things that go along with having a job, the protections, like the yeah. 401ks, like the health insurance, and then seeing like, oh, well, what if you just didn't have any of that? And you, you got to like, got talked to a certain way or like given contracts that like don't make any sense or like unenforceable. Right. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, I'll sign it because I just really want to be a part of this thing. Even if you don't get paid to be a part of it, even if you're paying to be a part of it, uh, it's just really... It's some wild shit. Some it's wild one of those shit. things where I'm like, shouldn't Republicans be more concerned about this? Isn't there their thing like free market stuff? Like, it's just wild that it's it's so exploitative. Well, they're trying to roll and back child protection labor law or child labor yeah, laws. Yeah, yeah. Place, like so. currently, yeah, that's a good that's point. Exactly but it's like want. it's exactly what they claim to care about, which is small businesses. Well, right? that's what it which is. is like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know why they aren't doing anything. Don't get me I wrong, know, but doing. it's just, but it's just wild that like that's that's what we're talking about we're talking about small businesses people going in for themselves and and it's like it the it's just so weird how i i'm sorry no no this is totally right this is totally you're totally the example the recent example was um unity which was that the video game Mm -hmm. making software to in order to make a video game that gets on a console you have to pay their Mm -hmm. like five hundred dollars a month subscription to use unity and then you put it on playstation plus and they give it away for free because if you're an indie game maker that's how you get your game seen you have Mm -hmm. to offer it for free a lot of those deals they Mm -hmm. don't yeah they don't pay you shit yep yep um now unity is now charging those game developers a percentage per download of their game that yep. is being downloaded mm. for free and it's mm-hmm. like so what's going on you're getting pressed by both sides mm-hmm. how could anybody expect to make money making a video game when you have to give it away for free and pay for people to consume it i mean it's the greatest uh, trick the devil ever pulled is like this yeah. internet bullshit because like what they say the argument against it is like well, we're just this distribution platform. It's the exposure, we're just like, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, not even that, but it's just like, oh, we help amplify, like, your message. Oh, we get, it's like, yeah, dude, it's doing that's shit what, Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, we're paying yeah. the exposure. But, like, right. the idea okay, is that, like, they're, yeah. they're getting money from your work. Like, it, the downloads, that gets money, like, to them. Like, that's why it's right. so, the, 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 their money is there in this industry, and everyone knows it, and that's why everyone's trying to get a cut of it, trying to create these, like, uh, yeah. platforms because the platforms they, make money you know they also plowed down everybody else it's like a walmart moving in closing down main street mm-hmm. and then being like you're welcome to come work here yeah you know like For it's free. that it's it's yeah it's like amazon is like well these these third-party sellers they don't have to come on here and it's like yeah they do though because you steamrolled the internet nobody goes anywhere else so yeah they do have to sell stuff on amazon i am heartened a little bit by like what's happening with premium x just like how hard elon is eating it for trying to like push the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing where he's like yeah. come make money through our like creator program that you have to pay like, for and like you're like no no <laughs> no we i think <laughs> like fucking kidding me no 
Yeah. Man, that, like, that I, suggestion he where he was like, every, if everybody, every Twitter user will now have to pay a dollar subscription fee. Like the fact that he got down to so funny. literally, okay, what if every one of you gave me a dollar? I'm like, that's great. Like, everybody this is also a Homer Simpson auto dialer <laughs> scam. <laughs> I mean, that's it, what's so funny about the Elon Musk thing is he could just done nothing and I would have continued paying for Twitter Blue. He made it about the principle of the thing. You know, yeah. he made it. About oh yeah, he's the worst salesperson in the world. But that's what we're talking about here. Is like I'm, I've gotten angry enough. I think like creators are getting angry enough. Where yeah, like, yeah. they're just not like it's. It's not even just that they've been taken advantage of. They're they're willing to put up money for a company to make money off of them. Um, yeah. It's just that like it's getting to be the principle of the thing. It's getting to be like the fact that it is like children that we're talking about, and it's it's getting to be the fact that like fuck you, pay me. It's really newsies. And I know you guys right. need some more news about that, but like I gotta say like. That was an analogy that I uh, gave to like a really long time ago. Where yeah. I was like, this shit is the newsboy, the newsy crisis of like 19, whatever it was. The newsboy strike. Yeah. Newsboy strike. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I do want to know. Yeah. I personally, I'm, I, I don't know. We have a, a wonderful patrons. We're in a, a great system with people. I'm, I, I, it's more like the larger oh, yeah. problem where it's like, this shit is going to, this is not a sustainable economy. Well, you know, like the, I'm, right. yeah, it's, it's less, I don't know. I don't feel personally slighted i guess i want to know it's more of just like this shouldn't be the case right like this is this this system is bound yeah for disaster right right it's so fragile like yeah if something go what if something patron patreon gets bought or goes down or something you know if elon musk buys patreon and calls it fucking meme meme tree topia yeah Yeah. that's kind of bad news yes i have some really bad news for you uh patreon (laughs) Patreon's not in good shape. Uh, and if they, I've, I've been talking and thinking about this a lot. It's like if something happens to Patreon, which there's been increasing signs that there is just uh, something's going to happen. And what would ha- like what would that mean? People still want to pay for you. Like, you know, right. you're, you're, but they don't have to PayPal you. There's no there's no equivalent in the market of like a Patreon. I know. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. Uh, it's horrifying. Ko-fi, I guess. I, I would just say start looking to alternatives like sooner rather than later because they've had some really worrying signs about uh, they can mail us just mail us five dollars yeah if everyone gives me a dollar yeah yeah Yeah. so anyway (laughs) they're making that blade movie it's gonna be sure it's gonna be (laughs) are we doing that again are we doing that again yeah, with uh, Mahershala Ali. There's all sorts of rumors around the turmoil. I don't know how much, but we do know, according to the director, it will be R-rated. Okay. And, you know, that's like, this is like one of the very few Marvel things where I'm just like, yes, I am excited for that. Which director is it still? Or again? Yeah. You don't know. You don't know? But you said the director I mean, said it's R. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look uh, okay. it up. I, I just... remember it being like eight different guys, so... <laughs> Wondering if it's I know still the there's, same guy. according to that variety Jan, thing that we talked Jan about Demange. last week. Oh, good. Good. Jan Demange. I don't know if I'm saying he, that. He must be new, right? Like there was a guy as of like two weeks he ago. He was born in the seventies. No, I mean like he's new on the project. Like Blade directors. Like there was a <laughs> new to the really project, famous one. Not the planet, dude. Right, not fair. new. He is. The, he uh, was behind Lovecraft Country. So oh, okay. that's actually a pretty fucking good mm-hmm. sign. Um, mm-hmm. I love Lovecraft Country. I didn't. I'll be honest. That wasn't for me. But like, I think that probably means that he's good at, at taking this. Uh, yeah, no, it, yeah. I, yeah, same. I really liked the beginning of Lovecraft Country, and then it really mm-hmm. fell yeah. off it. Um, I'm, anyway, yeah, I'm generally checked out of Marvel, but like, that's what I mean. Is like Blade is one of the few ones where I'm like, that's good casting. Uh, Mia Goth's in there. 
Oh uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, did yeah. you see the Eternals, Dave? I think you guys reviewed it, right? I think we <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. So that post-credit sequence, I didn't know that was Mahershala Ali. I assume. Yeah, that's Blade. Yeah, that was Blade. I assumed just because it's how it's happened in every other movie that that was just Nick Fury that was talking off camera because you never see him. Right. You just never see him. So I was just like, oh, Kit Harrington is joining the Avengers, and I was like, oh no, wait, there is no Avengers. There's just Blade, I guess, who's getting everyone. Also, you're never gonna see Kit Harrington again, right? No, like that's, that's a character that's that... never happening. No, say remember that little that little elf character too. Oh, the uh, one that that's was in the Pat end Oswald? of the Eternals. Yeah. yeah, you're never gonna see those characters you're, again. You're ever gonna see One Direction in one of these movies? They thought they they were that was Eternals was like the height of the hubris where they're like we're setting up so much stuff that it doesn't even matter that this movie doesn't make sense. I really liked oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, Eternals. I like the idea that Chloe Zhao just snuck in all those post credit cameos and she, she says yeah. a fuck you. She's like this was not for me, and she's like, but let me set you up with like eight ways to fail. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to watch the uh, Eternals again now. Oh man! I mean, the no. Eternals. Wow, it's, it's brutal. Everything else brutal. in the MCU, at least uh, the, the Phase Four thing, which has a lot of faults, all the faults, but like the multiverse stuff, at least is consistently inconsistent, and in that yeah. most movies dealt with it. The Eternals. That's not supposed to be in the multiverse. That's just like regular world prime. But like trying to explain for how anybody has has failed to mention that incident of the giant baby it's wild they're just pretending it didn't happen i i love it oh my god by the time a god the size of the planet came down and picked one girl up and was like see ya yep. yeah not gonna talk about it anymore not <laughs> not yep yep incredible let's so, uh let's move yeah. on yeah all right let's thank some more producers let's do it uh, uh no one can hear you scream in space mcnulty thank, thank you. you thank you to norm from cheers thank you Thank you to Pete for Pagel. Thank you. Thank you to Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis dis- Anti-Disestablishmentarianism Jones. Thank you. Nice work, Dave. Yeah. Thank you to Pumpkin Ed. Thank you. Thank you to Rev MD. Thank you so much. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you. Thank you to Rosemary's Babies from a racer head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. We'll do that to the horses. Thank you to Sorry Cop, World's Most Laughable Centrist. Thank you. Thank you to Steven. Thanks. All right, let Steven. me swoop in here. Uh, thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Thank you. Thank you to the midnight patron with patrons at midnight. Thank you. Thank you to the oatmeal savage. Thank, thank you. you to the producer formerly known as the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Thank you to the Tubi Terror Bunny says support workers, egg David Zaslav. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger Drawers Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Oh, yeah. Ew. Thank you to Tux. Tux. Thank you to Vincent with a Y. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Why Don't You Take a Flying Fuck at the Moon. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you to your mom. Thank you. Mm. Can I ask, are your oh. producers allowed to like change their Patreon names just for the credits? Or like this oh, is yeah. their... okay. within reason. Okay. Okay. reason. You know. <laughs> this isn't like all I... their Patreon names. Okay, gotcha. No. Dave. No. No. Speaking no, of Tom. other names for things. No. Do you have another name for a movie that deserves more hype? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Ah, I do. Yes. <laughs> I do. I don't have too much to say it. about this movie. Uh, the teasers just look uh, pretty boss. This is called In Flames. Mm. This mm-hmm. is this is a bit of buzz, I would say. Um, it's going to come out around spring 2024, as they put it, the first quarter of 2024 love when they say um, that <laughs> yeah 
Um, this is about a young woman who's. It it, it seems pretty straightforward. It's it's a it's a young woman who I believe his father just died. Um, her uncle is like trying to take over the family. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I want to say Pakistan. Oh yeah, Pakistani. Okay. Um, and uh, it's a society that's like pretty oppressive to women, and it's and it's this idea of like kind of her dealing with that. Well, like I I think ghosts, like ghosts think, yeah. of her of her parents are visiting her. Um, the the plot is pretty like it, the plot seems fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to undersell it because the trailers just gave me hardcore It Follows vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really well made. Um, and that's why I'm I'm really curious about it. It looks like a really a really like well done, pretty original looking horror movie. Yeah. Um it gave me a little bit of under the shadow vibes if people have seen mm-hmm. that. Not from the same area, <laughs> mind you. But it's it's about it's also about a woman being haunted in a society that is very restrictive on women. I, so it adds this like added you have nowhere to go horror, mm-hmm. you know. I, there's also like this another movie I've been seeing a lot of trailers for um, in the theater, and I can't remember the name. But it's about like a seems like it's about like a girl who has like a weird box or like a weird evil friend or something. But it it, it what it reminds me of is it's just not an American or Westernized kind of horror. Like yeah, you're just so like oh it, that's it lives inside it lives inside which is yeah the demon is yeah the demon is 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 not like a western centric biblical demon and i love that i love the the uh was it uh the one from the guy who did terrified like the not terrifier oh, yeah. that one was really good it was pray for uh pray for me or something like that no something like that uh it's on shutter right now that's also just like these rules are so different like based yeah. on other countries especially the more non-westernized countries that you get under like... the shadows the same it's a gin i believe uh-huh. is the, the and it, it it's one of those things where it's like it's it's kind of all cliche horror shit but it's like reskinned and that's enough to make me go like oh i like this I this mean, is great i don't know if i i agree with that like it, it, i don't think yeah, if it's it, like a reskin because the rules like the fundamental rules of how these things work are like always true. so different like the whaling i'm like oh i don't I don't know how you guys deal with witches over there or like vampires in Japan that you're supposed to put like pieces of paper on their head. Like it's all just different rules and like the different concepts of like what these entities are or like what there's so much based on like, I guess the religions and like the socio cultures of it and like just stories that they tell, uh, we tell each other. And it's always really fascinating to me is like a sociological artifact or anthropological artifact to be like, Oh shit. Like, even like Attack on Titan, which just ended, just being like, oh shit, that's how you guys view XYZ? Like, I would yeah. never have thought of that. Yeah. That's definitely an added bonus with this stuff. Like, this this movie is the same way where it's like, I don't know this society. I, I it, it seems like it's an interesting, I, I don't know, seeing like horror movies from different societies that I, I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with is always fascinating. Um, Why does The Empty Man kind of gave me that vibe, even though I think that was an American dude? Yeah, I don't know. Because like, it's was about it a Canadian? Yeah, but like I'm just saying, like the idea of like what the horror was in that, or it follows another good example where you're just like, mm-hmm. I've never, heard, I don't even know the rules for this thing. What is it? Right. Yeah. This gives, yeah, this gives me that where I'm not even, I'm not even sure if it's a demon. It just says she's visited by her grandfather and her the ghost of her father at night. Um, La La Rona. You guys watch? Did you guys watch both of? There's a teaser in the Hollywood Reporter thing I linked. Mm-hmm. For some reason, whenever I tried to get the embedded thing from youtube mm-hmm. it crashed my fucking monitor like my 
computer. I had to reset my computer. It was wild. Uh-uh. But um, that teaser is re- looks real good. Mm-hmm. They both look real good, but um, there's two teasers for this is my point. Just guys, see more. Shudder's really good about this. See more international horror films. Like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're really stuff. good. Talk to me. Like that was a great one. That was that oh, was yeah. just New Zealand, but like still just different enough. <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned somewhere on. Uh, I mentioned that Star Trek Next Futurama, who's Sarah the Bone Woman. I just watched. Oh God, which we I heard covered. That one. Yeah, yeah, we co- we covered on movies that deserve more hype mm-hmm. it is very very good i heard um hype. not to watch it though if i have misophonia like i don't like the certain sounds like i get yes. really triggered so a lot of bo- body horror um yeah. in there but very good movie sweet uh, there was last year but there was like i'll just close out saying there was last year like the top 20 horror movies on rotten tomatoes was like critic lists or whatever i hadn't heard of one of them like not one of them they were all foreign films something called piggy was really high up there oh yeah i still oh, yeah. see piggy i need to watch piggy still yeah that looks good i, I still am so happy about horror the state of horror is oh, amazing yeah. yeah it's pretty chill horror is great mm-hmm. yeah um well yeah check yeah. out the trailer for in flames it in definitely flames. looks interesting i'll check it out mm-hmm. i hope it refers to her getting a flamethrower Oh wow! Hmm. Wouldn't that be great? That'd if be she awesome. Gets a flamethrower. Yeah. If this teen girl gets a flamethrower, probably really make a difference. Yeah, <laughs> it really would. Give every kid a flamethrower. Uh, give every so. kid the right of a Kurt Russell in the thing. Just give every yeah. kid the right to do that, and then tell them to go find where Facebook lives or YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Burn we've it done it. Down. That's a sewed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, Drew! Thank you so much for being on. No problem. Uh, uh, do you yeah, want to hit we, any plugs again? I won't, but I will say that next time I'll tell the Law and Order story. Next ah, time, right. okay, that's gonna sure. help for next time. Um, yeah, guys, I do want to plug because again, this is just something I'm really passionate about. It is called Passion Fruit uh, with a dot between the U and the IT. Um, so go check that out. We're doing a lot of cool things. I'm actually about to run and write today's newsletter about how uh, Star Wars fans are toxic and that toxicity bleeds down to other creators. So it's going to be fun. We're going to write about the strike <laughs> stuff too. Um, we have a really cool YouTube channel where we have a show called um, The Reactorverse, uh, hosted by Nerdconic, who is the uh, Schmodown uh, video editor. He's working for us now. Um, and it's interviewing people who do TV and movie reactions. That's like a full-time job on the internet. It's really fascinating. We also have like a couple interview series up there. Uh, we have an interview with Nick Letzko, the comedian, uh, uh, the musical comedian guy. I've interviewed Taylor Lorenz on there a couple times. Um, it's really good. It's a really good thing we have going on. So check it out. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. I'm always talking shit in it. It's awesome. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-I. Unemployed. Uh, you go on there for $5 a month. You get access to Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's a Maniac, Star Trek, The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Those are podcasts. Every Friday night, we watch uh, movies with our patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always fun. We watch only good movies. So definitely <laughs> check that out to talk to anybody else about that. Just go on and watch the good movies with us. Quills. It's going to be Quills. One Definitely of these days, it's got to be Quills. Drew frequently comes in uh, with 10 minutes left and wants to know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, I always try to make it on time, but I'm, it's always like 10 p.m. Oh, no, it's totally yeah. fine. No, you show up whenever. It's it's really chill. It's, uh, an, it's a highlight no, of my week, guys. No pressure. No pressure hang. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, we also have a store. Head over to GameFleetEmployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and design. You get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things so you can slap your old 007 peepers onto that. Mm. Um, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Good night, Gracie. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.